Holly smiled at him. It occurred to Bond that she probably enjoyed tying knots about men as much as she enjoyed tying them in knots, to stop you knocking yourself out. Bond's apprehensions were no way diminished. How fast does this thing go? Holly stepped back and dusted her hands. Three G's is equivalent to takeoff acceleration. She smiled kittenishly. It can go up to 20 G's, but that would be fatal. Most people pass out at 7. Bond tested the strength of the straps that bound him. You'd make a great saleswoman. For the first time, Holly's features relaxed into the ghost of a genuine smile. You don't have to worry. There's what we call a chicken switch. She indicated a column rising from the floor to stop within reach of Bond's right hand. There was a button set in the end of it. Start off by holding that column with your finger pressed down on the button. The moment the pressure gets too much for you, release the button. The power will be cut off immediately. Bond looked skeptically into Holly's clear blue eyes. Immediately? Her jaw tilted scornfully. Surely you're not nervous, Mr. Bond. A 70-year-old can withstand three Gs. Bond twisted his head and tried to look up to the control room. Trouble is, there's never a 70-year-old when you want one. Welcome to the Jeans Bun Complex. I'm trying to do a bad Hugo Drax imitation, so I'll uh, next time I'll let you do that. Uh, my name is Matt. Um, uh, my name is Edgar. We are uh, both hosts of the Jeans Bun Complex, where we cover the entire Jeans Bun phenomenon from Fleming to film and everything in between. Ooh. We're here to talk about not a book, uh, not a movie, but a book based on a movie, based on a book, sort of the snake eating its own tail and eating and vomiting and eating it back again. Uh, we're here to talk about James Bond and Moonraker, written by Christopher Wood. Uh, so this is the uh, second one this year we're doing. I mean, we did The Spy Who Loved Me earlier this year, which was a pretty interesting experience. I was I was curious to to dive into James Bond and Moonraker, uh, just to see, you know, would it be sort of a continuation of what we read earlier this year, you know, stylistically, the character, how faithful of an adaptation of the book would it be? Because uh, I remember our, our conversation about Spy was an interesting one. It was... Sort of the vibe we had was um, following the plot of the film, and yet the individual scenes tonally and stylistically don't really feel like the film at all. It almost felt like it was Fleming's Bond going through the film's adventure, which made for a very uh, curious reading experience. Not not a bad one. I was glad I read it. Uh, I don't remember your thoughts. Thought, did you like Spy? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I, I did. I did. I, I love Spy. I was super excited. When you proposed this reading, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm glad to be back. Now, it is, it, it, it's different from The Spy Who Loved Me. Uh, but I, 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 you know what? I still enjoy Christopher Wood's prose. Um, I, I, I still think he, he has a way with words that I, as a non- uh, native English speaker, I'm like, ooh, that's clever. Ooh, ooh that's beautiful description. Like I found he, he has a way with words that I don't possess. That's I'm always impressed with with writers that write better than I can in English. So I, I had a good time, but it, you know, one thing that it's not is, you know, it's an adaptation of a script. Uh, it's a novelization. And there's two types of novelization. There's the one that is the book verbatim, uh, not the book, but the film verbatim. It follows the beats, the characters. And there are ones that don't follow anything and just make up their own story and have the name of the movie on it. And there's like 25% of the movie is in there. And there's the one that I, I particularly enjoy where they tell the story of the film, but expand some of the description. You get a little bit more characterization. Like it, 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 it titillates my imagination. Mm. You know, it's a, it's, it's, uh, 
companion, almost like a companion to the movie, where in some cases it, 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 they're, 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 they're just the movie in novel form, which I found less exciting. That's why I really I got a kick out of uh, the spoil of me. Uh, what do you? What are your initial thoughts before we dig in? Yeah, this it was a, a curious read. I felt like it. it yeah, Moon, Jim Ward, I guess the proper title is a James Bond and Moon Wrecker. It doesn't go quite. Um, I don't want to say off the rails because it makes it sound like Spy Who Loved Me was like a was a train wreck. It, off the rails in the sense that we're so accustomed to what the film is that the book felt like a different beast altogether. Moonraker um, doesn't do that to the same degree. I, I would say maybe this book adheres to the example you provided a moment ago where it's basically following the plot of the film with little droplets of, of characterization and thought processes, which, you know, Christopher Wood tends to do that. A decent amount in this book. I'm thinking of the opening chapter with the pilots of of the plane that explodes. Um, there's a there's a character who has a different name, like the Corinne Dufour in this book, who has a different name and a different nationality. We do go in her head a tiny little bit. Um, we don't go into Drax's head. I guess it doesn't no. go as deep as Spy Who Loved Me. Uh, which maybe didn't make it as engaging a read. So you know, it's it's fine. I didn't I didn't not enjoy myself reading this book, uh, but I was I couldn't help but think about how special, for all all sorts of bizarre little reasons, I couldn't help but think about how special Spy Who Loved Me the book was, uh, or Chris, Christopher Woods Spy Who Loved Me the book was versus. James Bond and Moonraker, which is fine, but maybe not as special. It is not as special. What I, you know, the, I, I, I will get there when we get there when we discuss the book. But I, the the book, the, the film, I, I always felt the film was things that are not in the film, and the book feels like it's been edited because you 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 picked up on something, and in the spoil of me, we go into this big explanation of how uh, Stromberg got his millions and built his empire. And Hugo Drax, it's it's pretty much if you took the, the Hugo Drax from the novel and you're supposed to have his backstory because they hint at things a little bit in in, in the, the the book, not in the movie. The movie, it's completely sanitized. It's his connection to uh, Hitler, Nazis. Uh, mm. In the movie, it's completely... Uh, missing and here there's a hint that like at one point bonds reflects that i wonder who he was fighting um during world war ii which side he was on and um i and i picked up the things because you don't get the description of like all the beautiful people on the space station in the movie they're clearly oh there's a black person there's an asian woman uh, it's it's a little bit more peace and love. Uh, well, in the books, uh, in the book, uh, you, the the, the uh, what's her name? It's not it's Trudy Trudy Parker. Trudy I think. Parker, yeah. Yeah, the uh, Corinne Dufour uh, of of the novelization. Uh, she's a blonde American with blue eyes, which I'm like, it, it, it's it's completely different. And that's one thing that I like you. It 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 hit at me like it it kept nagging at me and it still does because at the end of the movie where where is Hugo Drax's master base? It's in South America. Where where did all allegedly and uh, I think actually all the co the Nazi colonies were in South America. So like I'm I'm like oh oh I'm picking up something and one point like the uh, the con Manuela. Um, uh, spend uh, four hours in 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 Rio and they don't samba. Uh, mm. It's mentioned it used to 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 be owned by a former Nazi that hid in South America. And I'm like, oh, I, I picked up all these things. And I'm like, and there's a makeup test when you watch the DVD of uh, Michael Longsdale. Um, they they try to age like they, they try to age him up uh, like 20 years. You see him with mm. white streaks of hair, and yeah. I'm like. I, the more I'm, I'm, I think this book has been edited. I, I wish Michael, uh, Michael Christopher uh, Wood was still alive because I'd be uh, curious to know 
was this your was he meant to be like an actual Nazi? Because it's in the book. I'm not making this up. And I, it comes from me loving Indiana Jones, and you know mm. they're 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 good bad guys. Is there? Who doesn't hate that Nazis? I, it's interesting. I, I I wonder how much uh, the finished product of of his version of the Spy Who Loved Me had an influence on this. You know. You, let me put it this way. The expression, you know, it sounded like a good idea at the time. You know, when you come up with an idea and it's like, oh, that's sawed. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. And you plan it and you execute it. <laughs> then it's a finished product, so to speak. And then you look back and you sort of go, ah, that didn't quite turn out how we thought it would. I wonder if the publishing house and maybe the Eon people had that imp- impression of The Spy Who Loved Me. You know, our, our personal feelings, we're both very positive on that book. Our, our personal feelings aside, I wonder if the reaction to that book was, yeah, that sounded like a good idea at the time, but let's not do that again. But, you know, we want to make some money. We need to to, to offer a novelization to fans of, of the film mm. and fans of novelizations, but let's adhere it a little bit more to the structure of the film. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's, it, this is, I actually think this one is stranger than Spy Who Loved Me. At, at, at least the Spy Who Loved Me um, felt like its own thing. It almost felt like it was Christopher Wood saying, you know, okay, Lewis Gilbert, what happens in your movie? Okay, 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 okay. I'm going to write a book version of that. And he didn't ask for anything else. This, this does feel like... Maybe we don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's maybe some sort of research that could be done, but um, and we don't want to, you know, extrapolate too much without having done, frankly, any research. I certainly didn't do any research this week, but, you know, it does. You do get the vibe of maybe he was told to adhere to the film a little bit. But he wrote the the script. (sighs) Yeah. I, I, I don't you know. know. These things get written by comedy, but I think you did you did mention something that it seems it's 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 more kid oriented. It's it's less violent and it's less like Bond is not like tortured in this. Well, he doesn't get his uh, balls strapped to a, uh, electric electric nods, and he doesn't have like six bullets in him by the end of the novel. It's it's, it's a little bit sanitized, and I feel. That might, you know, that, that's the movie. They, it's a Star Wars, Bond in Space. Like, it's a Star Wars ripoff at, at, the, at the end of the movie. So, you, they, they really targeted families for this film. So, you bring Nazis in 1979 for like a, for a nine year old, might be a little bit too much. He's a big villain and he's, yeah, I'm going to destroy the world. Mr. Bond, I, I'm not doing it properly at all, but I think for a kid, it's easier to like, I think the spy love me James Bond the spy who love and the spy who love me is targeted for 14 years old and James Bond the Moonraker is for like 10 11 years old because it's it's fleet like as as a book it, it it it's it's you know I and I have to say I've cheated a little bit this time I, I tried to read but I, you know I was busy I was sick I uh, our buddies at James Bond Radio I have to give them a big shout out uh, they, they did uh, their own audiobook version and it's fantastic all guys are great I appreciate mm-hmm. it I hope they do all the rest of the organization I don't know if they have the copyright to do so but uh, I, I appreciate it, and I, that's um, uh, I digested the, the book, and it's a three-hour record and some change recording. It's really fleet. Like when you compare some of the Fleming books are like seven hours, this is very thin. Uh, not that it's bad, but it's it doesn't have the grit that the the, the James Bond and the Spy Who Loved Me had. It doesn't have as much. I mean, certainly some of the deaths are quite, uh, you know, the way he describes, I think, when Jaws turns, goes from a baddie to being a goodie, like he's describing how Jaws is like pummeling uh, the, the, the Draxites. I think Woods calls them Draxites. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like he's, you know, they look like 
they turn into ragged dolls when they're thrown against, you know, like that doesn't happen in the movie, to be fair. And, you know, Bond feels something squishy while he's in zero G. Oh, it's like the brain and blood from a head that Jaws broke. Like, to be fair, you know, it's a little on the violent side. Um, I, I'm not sure a nine-year-old would, uh, I mean, nine-year-old read whatever the heck they want, but, you know, is it, are, it, are the, is the, are the descriptions of the deaths in James Bond and Moonraker aimed at nine years old? I'm not entirely certain I would agree with that. Um, but, no, but, but it, the, who's going to buy this? Like, dad's going to buy, oh, it's James Bond. Look, he looks ridiculous in a space outfit. Oh, here's Timmy. Have it. And the kid that reads this, like, it's near the end that it gets violent. So I, I feel like the kid that goes through most of this as a, I'm, I, you know, I'm not sure what my age is right now um you know my my my, my brother is a nine-year-old no 11 year old that that is scared shitless of the clown in hit so i don't know how he does with horror but i'm pretty sure he would be all right with with uh with this level of violence in novel for me he read things about uh like the the era era wars in quebec mm -hmm. and that where people get sculpted and their their brains yeah open with with tomahawk so it's i think it'd be all right the the, the christopher wood does try to give it a go at uh, especially in the moments of of tension i'm thinking predominantly of uh, the scene down the river in brazil where bond escapes pursuers and like in the movie he has a um, a paraglider Mm -hmm. And that doesn't quite play out like in the film. I mean, he's on that paraglider for a long time, and he's going against the the, the, the steep, sheer walls of the gorge, and and he's actually pretty petrified. He's thinking like, okay, I'm not, I can't glide up here forever. I'm gonna crash like on a rock at some point. Like, what the hell am I gonna do? Uh, it's he's also, also a little bit on. It's also one of the chancier uh, Q-Gadgets, kind of like the Lotus from the previous book. Uh, it's like, okay, this goes here. And, uh, okay. Like the gadgets are... Yeah. They seem a little bit more... Um, in, in the movie, both Spy and Moonraker, yeah, the gadgets seem a little bit more assured. Whereas in both... Would, if in both of Woods's novelizations, the gadgets they they do feel like uh, this is the first time Bond uses this. He's never you you almost get the sense sometimes that he's never even practiced with it. He's like, oh, Q gave me this t this morning, and now I need it, um, which you know adds an interesting dynamic to the scenes. It did that in his version of Spy, and maybe to a lesser degree. I, I didn't I didn't feel as though that sensation was entirely absent in his version of moonraker but like a lot of things it maybe just wasn't as pronounced um just not as pronounced but it wasn't uh, absent entirely yeah it's it's it, you, you you're i agree with you fully it's it's there but it's not uh, you know the, it, it's a very exciting part in the novelization of the james bond this is by love me the the, the 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 sub is leaking and it, it, it's all these there's nothing digital, so it's all analog tech. Yeah, it's like to put, even in the boat, like it's like, oh, I'm going to put this strap and this strap. And you you feel like it, it, it's 50-50, but mm. it's not as long, but it's 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 an interesting um, interpretation of the Q gadgets that we don't necessarily see often in movies where they're not really working all that well. They're kind of crappy. There, there There's a sequence I want to bring up because I'm like, I was fascinated at the same time. I'm like, there, I was, you know, there's no way in hell that this would have probably skyrocketed the, the, the price of the movie. And I don't think Roger Moore would have wanted to film that, that sequence is when James Bond goes outside Moonraker station in a, mm -hmm. like he does a, he does a spacewalk. I'm like, oh, that's, yeah. that's, that was pretty exciting. But at the same time, I'm like, there's no way. Like, can you see Roger being held by cables? Like, oh, yeah, I'm in space. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Although it's exciting. It's, it, it, I'm, like, I'm like, 1979, it would, it sounds like a, you know, it sounds like a good video game level. Yeah. yeah. Well, isn't there a game that ends with a space one? I can't remember which one, to be honest I, with you, but. Uh, Agent Underfire, he's on a space station. 
Oh, who knows? Maybe it took inspiration from the. I, we don't know. I'm just I'm pure speculation. I take it with a grain of salt. But maybe someone in the Eon, Eon and EA, you know, had so, read this and said, oh, you know, they wrote that, but they didn't put it in the movie. Why don't we put it in our game? I'm pure extrapolation. There's no factuality to what I'm saying here. But but you know, that was a pretty. But that's also again, it's sort of the tug of war, where a spy felt a little bit like a little bit more like its own thing. I feel there's a greater tug of war between the movie and the book in this instance, further to the sequence that fascinated you. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. He's sort of looking around himself because the, the space battle is happening while he's doing this spacewalk and he's like noticing how people are dying and he's thinking about, I mean, I guess this is things that are flashing in his mind in a split second as they often do, but he's thinking about, Oh, what a, that sounds like absolutely petrifying. You know, what if my arm, armor, my suit is pierced and I just sort of drift off into space. Like, again, that's stuff that the Bond from, from the books would think about. That's something that Fleming's Bond would think about. But it, it does feel a little bit more incongruous this time around because it's a space battle. Because, again, it, it just feels like... It, I don't quite know how to explain it. I, I'm, I'm struggling to explain, well, why did it work with Spy where there was this underwater base and a huge super tanker? I don't know. Is it because it's a space station? Which, mind you, is more insane. It is. Um, so I guess it's it's maybe that oh, one. It's that one level. You just went, you took Fleming's Bond and in Spy, you put him through the ringer of a pretty crazy mission, but Okay, and he's like, oh, let's kick it up one more notch, but let's still write the book like it's Fleming's Bond, and I think it's doesn't quite mesh as well. You, you, that's a very good point because uh, you know the space. I was fascinated by the amount of sort of understanding of um, you know space and. Uh, this uh, uh, the space shuttle um, a moon, like a space station like christopher wood did some research uh, mm. to some degree and one thing that i'm like i don't know if you've watched this on netflix there's a, a documentary called uh it's i think it's the light last flight or of the challenger it's something about the i don't remember the title correctly but it's it's about the the destruction of, of the challenger and you have all these space engineers that sort of explain, yeah, we sold, they sold the space shuttle program as it's like a space bus, it's super safe. And when you hear these people talk, yeah, it's no, it, it was not like, it, sometimes they're like 50-50, you're going to make it out alive. And all these problems that they had and these technical failures and uh, it's, it's fascinating look, but you know, clearly, whoever the people that developed Moonrakers as as a book and as a film eventually uh, had had a vision like a NASA. What NASA sold as the conception of this the the space shuttle as a space bus because there's it's it, it's so dangerous and the um, when they're inside the space station the, at one point Bond and, and Ali Godet go eat a little buffet of I don't remember. Yeah. When, <laughs> that that made me chuckle. Of course, Bond's gonna eat in space, and they're gonna have a. I think it's a pig on a on a roast or something. I'm like, of course, the yeah, sure, whatever. That that works. They're gonna cook in space, and it's yeah, not a it's pretty. I don't want to give it away in case people want to read it, but there's one gag that's that's not in the film. A wink and a nod to another space movie, and I was like, I didn't see it coming. I thought that that was pretty clever. Uh, in in the food uh, at the at the buffet uh, when he orders the wine we won't I don't want to give it away but when he orders the wine he gives it uh, <coughs> a name and a year of vintage and I was like okay wink wink um, yeah it's 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 a funny one and uh, the, even going back to Drax Drax almost feels like and, and this is where you know it's this so I guess. You sort of have to consider this a soft reboot because here's another Hugo Drax. So clearly Bond has never met a Hugo Drax before when this book starts. Um, but there's still a, a dove of the cap to the Hugo Drax of the book. Uh, facial reconstruction. He's a ginger. 
uh, fought World War II, which are all things the Hugo Drax from Fleming's Moonraker. Those are all qualities of that character, and each and every one of those qualities is Beck. Uh, so it's like a soft reboot of the character, or a, or a total reboot of the character, I guess. I don't know if it's supposed to be soft or, or, or a total reboot. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what the difference would be in this case. But that was that was sort of interesting. I didn't think Holly was as interesting as Anya in, you know, again, Anya from Christopher Wood and Holly from Christopher Wood. Um, I didn't think there was as much meat to Holly. I found her annoying as hell in this in this book. I found her. She's always sort of nagging at Bond a little bit, and I'm I'm, I'm like, oh god. Like it's a problem in the character also of the character also in the movie, but I'm like I was not I'm not a big fan of that character. I know she's supposed, but it, 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 it it's it's it, like I like some tension and she, but at one point it's like okay get get over yourself. It, it's not the same thing. Also, there's not she's American, he's British. There's not. The, the natural in, in, in quotation mark of uh, a Russian and a British working together. There, there there's tension there because there is also political tension, and in it, it makes no sense for her to be that combative of Bond. Like at one point, you both find out you're working on the same case. Stop bickering and just help yourselves. Yeah, well, that's a little bit present in the film. Uh, I, I I do like the character in, in the film, uh, even though sometimes the writing is a little bit off and the writing is a little bit weak. I like Lois Childs. I think she's I think she's a lot of fun as the character. I know she gets a lot of uh, a lot of flack from from fans in the community. Maybe I don't know. I could be alone on my little island on that one, but not that I'd mind being alone on an island with uh, 1979 Lois Childs, but... Yeah, uh, I, yeah, was, in, I was, was going to say, you liked Lois Childs. <laughs> you know, I like her a lot, actually. And, yeah, her version... Or, not her version, it's obviously not the, the Holly Goodhead in the in the book here. Yeah, she does seem a little bit more defensive. It's not that she, it's not that she isn't defensive in the film. She is a little bit defensive at start, but she's she's continuously even when they're still in like the space station uh there's some weird there's some weird tit for tat like at the very end when they're they enter the moonraker five which is the one with the laser because it's hugo drax's moonraker shuttle and they're going to destroy the globes with the poison in it and Holly says something. Oh, we'll make visual contact in a moment. And Bond is like, "Why can't you speak English? Why don't you just say that I can see them in a few minutes?" I'm like, "Why is that exchange here? Like, what is the point? Like, I don't know. It felt like a weird moment to add more bickering to this. Like, it's the end of the freaking book, guys. Like, can we just partner up here?" Um, He's talking to the nine-year-old who's reading the book. Okay, understand. Maybe I guess I <laughs> sure I don't know I thought it was it didn't make much sense and and there is a little bit too much of that in in, in the book yeah there there definitely is too much uh, I was not a fan of that uh, you know action sequence wise there's is are there any that I didn't mention that are that different from the film to the novelization? It, it sort of depends. I mean, different, yes. Sometimes they add something. Other times they'll subtract something. Like an instance where they subtract something is the uh, the gondola chase and the gondola battle in, in Venice. Like there's, there's no gondola in the book. Um, he sort of goes down or he thinks he's going to make an escape, but he's actually going down like a canal that's getting tighter and tighter and it's a dead end. So he sort of gets off the boat and the other one crashes in, I think, or, you know, turns around, he shoots his pursuant, then he jumps off his boat and they crash his explosion. That's how that scene ends in, in the book. Uh, so they sort of subtract the gondola. Although the guy in the the guy pretending to be dead that opens the coffin with a machine gun is in the book, and maybe a scene where they add something is the cable car ride in Rio. Uh, they use Holly's um, f- uh, perfume perfume flamethrower. That's not a oh, movie. Oh, true. Forgot. <laughs> You're right. Uh, 
so yeah it's it's funny there's this there's this again it's is it a complaint is it a pause i'm i'm very it's i'm very ambiguous but yeah there's some scenes where they remove or maybe you know the filmmaker subsequently said oh we should add this and wood was like but i've already written my book too bad and other times where maybe in the original script the perfume flamethrower was in the cable car ride which is like why does she have her perfume on her um but it's a flamethrower so i guess that's why she has it on her and then they took it out of the film's script but again but i've already written my book too bad you know so it's still in the book you know so i i have to i suspect that's what's happening stuff that's not in the book but in the movie well the idea came later and stuff that's in the book but not in the movie well they took it out of the script later you you know what you just made me think dolly dolly is in the book but she only shows up in like one of the last there's last two three chapters she shows up with with jaws and she's completely missing like she he doesn't meet her after crashing uh the uh, uh the cable car Mm -hmm. he, he shows up and she's with him and he stays in the station with her and uh, there's a line at the end when Bond is uh, uh, sort of re-entering and, and um, uh, Goodhead says oh, I don't know if that craft that he's on is, is able to survive re-entry and Bond says ah oh, it's, it's Jaws he's going to figure it out he, so, he can survive anything I'm like yeah. oh, this, this is I think they were counting on bringing back uh, Richard Kill a third time at one point. Uh, that could very well be. Uh, yeah, it that the whole. I mean, there's not much of a description. I think the book just says it's a pretty girl. Yeah. Um. You know. You know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I'm, I'm not sure Christopher Wood had seen who they cast as Dolly when he wrote that that line. I might be giving away my thoughts about Dolly, but. Um, yeah, that's that's a funny one. And and well, going back to Jaws, so he had he did escape the 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 sinking of of the Atlantis and the shark attack at the end of the book. So again, we're sort of in the universe of the novelizations here. So he, yeah, he does survive that. I can't remember. Again, I I probably should have cracked open Spy before recording this morning because Bond is like, oh yeah, I know him. His name is Jaws. He kills people. I'm like, did he know? what his name was in Spy. Like, I don't remember any exchange between the two where, uh, but anyways, details, details. I think um, Songbird might have called him Jones. Possibly. Possibly. It's possible. But his turn is bizarre in this book. Like, the way the movie plays with Jaws, you can almost sense it coming. Like, it's like, okay, we're in a Star Wars movie after all, so why not? But again, because Wood is trying to preserve some of the Fleming tone, the turn of Jaws is like, eh, no, I think Jaws probably should have blown up with the space station, you know? At least, yeah, you should have. You, you, you shouldn't have survived his betrayal. You should have. You should be punished for what he. Like he was. He was still involved in a planetary genocide. I don't know how the uh, <laughs> they still have the one eight hundred henchman phone line that they call it. That's still that's in the novelization. I'm like, how do you pay somebody to destroy the entire human population? Your your cash money is going to be worth shit after the, if if you succeed. Yeah, that's uh, that I didn't I didn't quite see coming. I thought I. If you had said, okay, Edgar, uh, what do you think's, you know, in the novelization? Uh, now that you've read Spy and you know that when Christopher Wood does a novelization, it's not quite like the movie. What do you think is going to be in the book that's in the movie? I would never have guessed the henchman hotline. I was like, there's no <laughs> way that's in the book. Um, but it's in the book. Uh, Trudy Parker's death, very boring. Very, very boring. That was disappointing. Yeah, it's not. No, it's 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 um, it's an offline comment almost. Yeah. No, it's there's there's it's it, you know you know what I'm I'm glad I read it uh but where the spy spy this James Bond and Spy Who Love Me is a high recommend this is right on the line and you know what I'm still debating whether I I, I put it over or under that line um, 
it's really really hard to to to, to. that's a great cover if you yeah have it does. Great... well i mean it's it's i think it's one of the movie posters uh, i could tell you which one but uh i don't know the uk quad or whatever i don't really know but but it's definitely uh then my baby nephew tore the cover off mine so i have to find a way to fix it but um I'm 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 right in between. You know, I, I, I you know you have to go first for for for, for final analysis because I'm, you know, it's something I'd wish they reprint, but you know they did something with the Ghostbusters novelization where they reprinted them together, so you have one and two in one not one book format. This they should reprint like you get the Moon James Bond and Moonraker. James Bond and the the Spy Love Me in one book, so you don't have to track down these little trade yeah. paperbacks that are falling in your hands, becoming unglued after 40 years. Uh, and you know, I, I had a few pictures, covers, uh, but don't. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm gonna go recommend, uh, but don't struggle to 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 track this down. If you can find a digital copy, uh, or if they eventually reprint them, go get that. Uh, but it's a recommend still, not a super high recommend, but it's just I still had a good time. Like it's it's still a fun read. Uh, the, the, the 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 description, like I said, Christopher Wood is a writer that I've always I never read those until now. Uh, I always had a. a sort of a vision of him being sort of a not a very good writer i'm sorry to say that but i realized like he should have been not a screenwriter but just an an author i don't know if he wrote anything else as novels but i'd be interested i think he he's got a good prose like for 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 a pocketbook like that but i had a good time still you know christopher wood is is quite a good he's quite a good writer he he his 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 I guess master, if you want to call it, of the English language is very, very strong. I, I uh, you know, his style, is it as colorful as Fleming? No, I mean, but then again, you know, no one's going to be quite like Fleming. And not everybody that needs to like Fleming, but we obviously do. And no, Wood is not as colorful, but he he comes pretty darn close. Well, writing in his own particular way. I mean, there were a few times where I was like, that's a really interesting way to put that. In fact, you know, there was a... A word, of course, obviously, now that we're recording, I forgot what the word is, but he describes an emotion that that Holly feels at some point, I think, when they're in uh, when they're in Rio. And uh, I actually cracked open the dictionary. I was like, I'm not even sure what that word is. Um, so he 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 does he does go the extra distance to uh, to use interesting words. So as a writer, he's quite strong. Um, I'll also recommend it. Uh, maybe slightly, just, just ever so slightly more enthusiastically than you, but very slight, if only because uh, although it follows the beats of the film uh, a little bit more closely, I he, he you can tell that he's still trying to make us think this is Fleming's Bond. Just just the way Bond is like interpreting situations and the way Bond is thinking about how he's going to survive the next challenges, like his the sensation he's feeling in the, uh, the pre-title, so to speak, you know, when he, he gets tossed out of the plane, uh, you know, it's, it's an adrenaline rush. Like the way it's written is an adrenaline rush. It's not that you don't get that sensation when you're watching the movie, but when, when you're watching the movie, it's very... Um, it's enough. You know, it's very grandiose. It's very impressive. It's a stunt. It's a. It's an amazing jaw-dropping stunt. The way Wood writes it is, oh my God, I'm gonna die if I don't do something right now. By the way, I'm freezing. I'm crying, and I hurt. You know, it's you know, which is what the Fleming's Bond would be thinking. Um, yeah. So again, he's still, he's still pushing that button, <laughs> even though he's. He he feels more restricted by the film's plot. So again, not as thoroughly engaging as his version of Spy, but I would recommend it just for the curiosity's sake. It's true. I mean, there there are some, you know, the, I, when you compare it to Fleming, with Fleming Fleming's body travels to one location, maybe two. He 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 has he has sex with one woman, 
maybe two. And this is like Mac Baby Bond. I'm going to travel everywhere. I'm going to have this chick. I'm going to have this chick. It's, it feels like Farming's Bond in a James Bond parody almost. You know, it, it's it's or he's banging all the chicks of the film. Yeah. Also, but it, 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 you know, it feels sleazy when Roger Moore does it, but when it's Fleming's Bond, it does. It it still feels a little bit weird, but it's not as sleazy. It feels more like we're both agents, and you know, we we got time to kill. So, and it's oh, there's a there's a line after. I don't know if it's uh, which girl uh, Bond has sex with, but. Uh, she's still trembling af- af- after four hours of. Uh, oh, it's Manuela, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm like, oh, that's. Of course, after four 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 hours with Roger, Moore, you would be shaking too. Um, <laughs> it is just that that line made me like, crack a smile. I'm like, it's absurd. Uh, it's a little bit misogynistic too, but. You know, it's a Bond book. That's what you want. It had the and it had the proper reaction from me. Yeah. It it made me laugh because it's absurd. Yeah. Yeah. She's so, like amazed at this <laughs> this man that she spent a few hours with. She's still feeling it in her in her innards. Yeah. Um, no, it was. But it's not Roger Moore. I mean, and and that's actually something. Again, going. I know I'm. People are gonna say uh, you know, change de disque, but sound like a broken record, but. Let's, lest we forget in those first I, – I think it's in the um, – before he gets tossed out of the plane there or before they – he's at gunpoint in the plane. He's reading his own file. I can't remember why. It's in a, I think it's a medical evaluation. Oh, yeah. And he reads it from, from A to Z, and it's it's the Fleming bond. It's, the, the, the description is not Roger Moore. It's the it's Fleming's bond. So, again, he, he really wants us to believe this is Fleming's bond even though, like, Fleming's bond would never – encounter this version of hugo this version of hugo drax would not exist but anyways it's uh, you know and it's something that you just said something that i'm like oh that's bond in the novels except for like maybe the first few but he's always on his on the peak of being like the most efficient but just a little bit on his way down as after thunderball he's always eh, just on mm. just on the verge of you know you're gonna be retiring soon because you're 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 too you smoke too much you're you're unhealthy you're you're getting fat um and that's that's the version of bond that i i like is he's always has to push himself a little bit harder mm. everything's a little bit harder because he's he's not as fit as he used to be it's it's a little bit more interesting than oh, another, oh go ahead you i i never put it in words until now, but I'm like, oh, that's that, that's actually what James Bond is. He's the, the agent that's just on the verge of, eh, I'm too old for this shit. He's not too old, mm. but he, he, he sees the end coming. And as I, in the novels, novels, he retired, like double O's retired after 45. So he's late 30s, early 40s though in, in the movies. I always think he's supposed to be that, even though like the actors age out and, uh, what what Daniel Craig is what almost sixty now? Uh, well, I think he's in his early fifties. He's, he's he's gonna celebrate fifty two, fifty three next year, maybe oh, okay. fifty four, maybe fifty four. I thought that was fifty five. Uh, well, I mean, again, that that, that was sort of Fleming's uh, intent, I suppose, or ploy, or that's how it plays out, anyways. You know. When, Again, that's why I think we're we're both kind of excited for Fleming's second edition, even though it doesn't entail that we'd be reading them in chronological order. But, you know, going back to the Flemings, because I remember the first time we read them, not that it was the first time we read the books, but I hadn't read them we, in a while. We discussed we through them. them. Yeah, there was a flow to them. You, you could tell that um, even though it was maybe a little bit on, on the mild side, it is James Bond. You don't want to change too much. There was something of an arc there. There was yeah. something of development. There were changes. There were mood changes. There were physical changes. Going back to you quoted Thunderball, um, health changes, which are again are are sort of hinted at again in 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 Christopher Wood's Moonraker book. So yeah, I mean, I think Fleming wanted to maybe straddle the line between the unkillable, although. There's from Russia with love, but you know the unkillable super spy who still kind of felt a little bit human, 
Um, and I think that's what Wood tries to inject into his too. The, the, it's an interesting duology. I, I, I like the idea you brought up of maybe reprinting them, but as one book. I mean, they're each 200 pages. Like, you'd be buying a 400-page book. Like, come on. Um, you know, so you, know, you wouldn't be really buying a brick. They're easy to read. They do... Uh, even though I think we both agree they're not quite on this quite on the same level of quality, they do still work as a bit of a duology. They're their own little universe. It's Fleming's Bond in a movie adventure. Yeah. No, oh, and they they do reference the the events of uh, the the spy who loved me, and I remember I think it's uh, like only a few months after uh, Spy. It's not long after. Cause, I, I mean, think so. Like they they do mention oh my previous mission so it's it's only been a few months since Spy and Jaws is still on his trail for some reason. Um, very interesting. Very very. I don't know if Jaws is on his trail. I think well Jaws is on his trail because Hugo Drax. Yeah, no, it's true. Because he's not. That's that's one thing. He's not technically in the um, the uh, the opening sequence. Because at one point the I think he's when he's he's free falling I think he says he, it says that he sees something behind him and he opens the the parachute but you never find out that it's Jaws if I remember correctly I might be mistaken um, it's been a while since, like I like I'm I'm not super top shape right now so my memory is a little bit wonky but it seems to me that you, you never it's only after <laughs> Drax calls one eight hundred inchman. And uh, you know, I I need to buy that 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 phone line now. I don't know if it's uh, it, it, I have enough digits, but that that would be funny. One eight hundred henchmen. You get recordings of all your favorite Bond henchmen. Jaws. Odd so job. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh oh. <laughs> Baron Samity. Ah. Oh. <laughs> 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 So yeah, it'd be pretty, uh, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. It is what it is, and what it is is still entertaining and still interesting. So I mean, if uh, the Ian Fleming publication were to reprint them, you know what? This book is falling apart in my hands. I would actually buy it again mm-hmm. and probably re- reread at least *The Spy Who Loved Me* and *Moonraker*. Eventually, probably. Uh, add a few pictures of the movie, a poster or something on in it. Like actually, uh, pictures would be nice. Like just split the book in two. And you got a little bit of picture section. That'd be interesting. And maybe interviews. I'd love to 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 have interviews or uh, maybe introductions by people who worked on the movie that says, oh yeah, uh, how how this came up being i mean michael g wilson was involved i know with the with with the movie he was well oh, yeah. deeply involved so i'd like him to you know he should he he, he would probably have good uh, uh knowledge Lois of Giles. Lois Giles. Giles. oh yeah no uh, a free idea Ian, if you're in the young film playing I have to admit, I, I I had to f- think of a few names before I got to Lois Childs because I was like, Laura Gilbert, no, Roger Moore, no, Michael Lonsdale, no, Richard Keel, no, Cubby, no. It's like, okay, <laughs> Lois Childs. It's like my sp- poster of uh, Jane's Bond, uh, the, the oh, member of GC Secret Service. Oh, I'm going to get that. Oh, no, she's dead. Nope, oh, she's gone. All, all of He's them gone. are gone. He's so, gone. So I have George and that's it. Yay. He's a friend of the show, anyways. Yeah, yeah. And he signs it. He always signs his name right around his crutch, kind of like if his name is an erection coming out from Bond's crutch, which I find funny. I don't know if he does it on purpose, but if he does, George, it's brilliant. He's a wonderful, wonderful human being. <laughs> There's a little uh, message at the end of. Uh, I don't know if your edition of the book came with this, but mine did. I thought it was really curious because um, I, I I bought this very recently, probably after okay. we started the show. Okay. Yeah, it's handwritten. It's signed oh. by an M, by an M White. Oh. Oh, Asks, oh no. It's very it's very legible though. It's very very nice handwriting. It asks, "Do you have people everywhere?" Oh. Well, we do have people everywhere. I I have all of the information at hand currently. So from Fleming to film and everything in between. On Facebook, we are 
the James Bond complex. On Twitter, Twitter, I, I'm pronouncing it. It's 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 you know, I'm a little bit sick, so uh, the Bond complex. On the Instagram, the James Bond complex. And you know, there, we have a <laughs> the, way you, you, the way you read that. It was like the first time you've ever heard of the show. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. Uh, uh, the web page is thejamesbondcomplex.com. That reminds me, we need to uh, 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 renew for, for for another year. And uh, we are hosted on Anchor at anchor.fm, which you know we also have a Tumblr account, but that's actually the website. Don't worry about it. You and I. Oh, I, I like that. I like that. Don't worry about that. I'll use that next time because I've never understood how that works. Just don't worry about it. Yeah, just say it's, it's, it's the same thing, but I mean, so without, do we have anything left uh, to discuss this today? I think I'm done. Uh, no, I'm pretty much done. I'm pretty much done. Donc, uh, merci beaucoup. À la prochaine. Ouais, à la prochaine. Merci, au revoir. Ciao. Of his dream of gold